Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Welcome back, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Messy Closet. And it's only Thursday, but of course, the entertainment world is just out of control. And I've been looking at it all week and trying to figure out what to start with. So I'm just going to name everything and then pick a couple and I'll do the other ones in tomorrow's episode. So everyone's pissed at Dave Chappelle. Brendan Fraser says he's not a hypocrite and will not attend the Golden Globes. Everyone's pissed at Candace Cameron. Denise Richards was shot at. Donald Trump announced another run for president. And Nancy Pelosi has announced her retirement. That's a lot. So here's what I want to say. First of all, Nancy Pelosi, thank you very much for your service over the years. And I cannot believe you worked into your 80s in the United States government. I would have retired 20 years earlier and lived quietly off of my pension. But that's just me. I don't know what to say about Donald Trump's 2024 run. I was over it in 2016. I just have not ever been a fan of his. But I will say that Tiffany Trump was probably the most beautiful and stunning bride I have ever seen. Her dress was incredible. She wore it well. That gown would wear other people. She wore that gown. It was like perfect, made for her. I really wish her well and and good luck in her marriage because um, she's got a hell of a family and at least now she gets to change her name. But um bum I mean... There's enough violence in the world, right? And especially after January 6th, you would hope that things would calm down. But no, Denise Richards and her husband were shot at in a road rage incident in Los Angeles. And I'm sorry, people, but the whole like guns are more important than people like Second Amendment should be the most important amendment is not how life should be. We should be much more respectful of life in and of itself, not just for other people, but for ourselves too. Because when we aim to take a life without reason from anger, we're just creating more fear and anger in the world. And that's why this fight keeps going and going and going. So to Denise Richards and your husband, I truly, truly wish you all of the healing because I understand that trauma. I have had a gun threat in my life. And I'm still afraid. I'm still afraid from it. I still look over my shoulder. I still hate leaving my house a lot. I have a lot of agoraphobia from it. I have a lot of panic attacks from it. And if this is a symptom of being scared for your life because you truly do see the world in a different way after something like that happens, Denise Richards, I do truly, truly feel for you. And I wish you both a lot of good vibes and healing because I do understand more than you know, like from experience. I'm going to actually get to Dave Chappelle and Brendan Fraser in other podcasts because I really want to go in depth with that. What I want to talk about first is Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster. 
Oh my God. So the big thing is that Ticketmaster was holding tickets for some specific Taylor Swift fan, like a specific level of Swiftiness. And the site crashed and then Ticketmaster canceled her sales of her tickets for her tour, Eris. It just canceled it, like out of nowhere. Now, I was looking at Perez Hilton on TikTok and he was saying that some of his friends for two tickets spent like over $2,000. But scalpers managed to get a bunch and they were going for like, I don't know, like six digits, like $22,000 per ticket. And that's just horrible. And no one should be profiting that much off of someone else's career and music and talent. So Ticketmaster's quote said that due to extraordinarily high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, Friday's public ticket sales for Swift's era tour has been canceled. And this is after that 2 million tickets were sold for her upcoming tour. I mean, that is the most tickets sold ever in a day, ever. This woman has some power to her. It's amazing. I mean, I remember when she first came out and she was very young, so it was hard for me to connect to her music. But now with Midnight's, it's like she's kind of grown into her womanhood so much that she's just kind of tapped into everything and connected to what everyone's feeling. And I completely love that album. Now, I'll tell you, back in the day, in the 80s, in the 90s, when you wanted to order tickets from Ticketmaster, you had to call I guess that there was an 800 number, most likely. So back in like the 80s or the 90s, you would call Ticketmaster and give them either your credit card number because we didn't have debit cards back then, or you could even write a personal check and you would put that in the mail and then you would wait in the mail for your physical ticket stubs. And if you lost those, you were just shit out of luck and you were not getting into the show. Of course, we had our share of scalpers, and they never charged uh, 22000 though, but they would, you know, buy bulk amounts of tickets, and then sometimes they would make, like, counterfeit tickets and sell them for $50, $100 outside of Madison Square Garden, Bowery Ballroom, Roseland, and the next story I'm about to tell you takes place sometime in the late 90s, and I just can't remember if it was Roseland or Bowery Ballroom. So if anyone out there, any Gen Xers saw Jamiroquai in New York City in the late 90s, please tell me if it was Bowery or if it was Roseland. I want to say Roseland. So I ended up having to scalp a ticket. So I had a college boyfriend at the time, really cool dude, and he had this fantastic group of friends. And they did like everything together or they would just like kind of pair off into different groups and say, okay, we all like this, so we'll all do this. Or if they all like something together, they all did it together. But a few of us wanted to go see Jamiroquai. So the guy I'm dating asked his friend for three tickets. And it was like, I'm just going to say it was like an Amelia Bedelia moment. It was just one of those like three tickets for my boyfriend. So he had wanted to take three people with him and then a 
fourth ticket for, you know, the person who was buying the tickets. But true Amelia Bedelia moment, he understood buy only three tickets, which was funny because we were like joined at the hip. Like we did everything together for a few years. Everything you could imagine. It was so like just we went to concerts and always with like big groups of people. Just but we were like joined at the hip. So I get in the car and it's me and him and his brother and we drive to pick up the fourth friend who has the tickets. We pull up and he gets in the car and says, hey, Roseanne, what are you doing here? We thought he was joking. And he goes, no, really, I only got three tickets. So I'm like, that's okay. Take me home. No big deal. I mean, I wanted to see Jamiroquai, but I didn't want to like, you know, whatever. So we're like, no, 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 we'll just scalp a ticket. And I'm like, but what if no one's there to scalp them? So we're going down. It's like back and forth, back and forth, you know, not like a true controversy, not like an argument, but it's like, well, who's going to do it? Who's going to who's going to scalp the ticket? And I'm like, well, I think it should be me. I think I'll get the best price. I'm savvy. But no, it ended up ended up being the guy I was dating and he paid like one hundred and fifty dollars for this scalp ticket that we didn't even know if it was like a true ticket or if it was a counterfeit. The good thing is it was standing room only. And also they didn't have any scanners back then. It was just the 90s. Like if you had something that looked like a ticket, if the bouncer wasn't looking that hard, you could get away with it. So I did and I got to see Jamiroquai and it was really a great show. I just, I enjoyed it so much. And I'm that person that wants to go see every single show that I could possibly see. But we did it the old school way with Ticketmaster where sent away for the tickets and waited for them. Now, I've done this Ticketmaster app a few times going to Bethel Woods. And I still, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous to have my money out there. And Bethel Woods now does pretty much everything. All of their vendors, except for the t-shirts, the t-shirts will take cash but all their vendors are cashless, so you have to give your card or your Apple Pay or Google Pay. And for me, I really hate having that information out there all the time. I don't know, I just feel safer with my credit cards being used at secure sites. But this is the future and this is where we're at and people don't wanna carry wads of cash with them. I'm old school, I wanna carry wads of cash I want my beeper and I want my rotary phone back with call waiting. That's how I feel. But that's, it's just so much has changed. So much has changed. And I just, it boggles my mind that literally like 30 years ago, I was writing out checks from my little high school bank account to get Ticketmaster tickets, and now all I have to do is, like, use my phone. I mean, we never thought we'd have smartphones. I've probably said this before. So we've got, you know, I don't know what Taylor Swift is going to do because I know a lot goes into planning these tours. I mean, are they sold out? Is she going to add more dates? Is that too much for one person? That's a lot to carry. It's just crazy. And speaking of a lot to carry, I do want to get to this controversy with Candace Cameron Bure. People are not happy 
Again, I'm going to give it over to Perez Hilton on TikTok. I have been a fan of his for a long time, and I do love his journey. I know a lot of people don't, but I'll, I'll get into that another day, too. But he literally, like, spit out the devil talking about Candace Cameron and her statement about having a network that revolves around traditional family values. And now many of our LGBT plus community feel excluded. And I know very, very well what it likes, what, what it's like to feel excluded. <sighs> so she's kind of started a thing. And if you look at Perez Hilton's video, he actually reads her statement, which went on for a very long time and is hard to defend like the first statement okay traditional family values just say you know i i didn't mean it that way something something but it was like this very like pearl clutching i am the victim kind of statement you know saying that she loves everyone i love you and i love you and i love you and but i was raised this way and then you know i'm looking on tiktok and people are turning their pain into dark humor, which is really part of the Gen X personality. We are dark humor because we've been through quite a bit. It, it's the 80s were traumatic. The 90s were traumatic. They were fun, too. But we had our downsides to everything. We had the Cold War. We had the war in Iraq. It was really scary times at times. And, and you know, we just didn't know what was going to happen. But here we are and you know it's 2022 and she's making a statement to her millions of followers and probably not all of them are as religious as she is and i do i follow her on instagram because i really just thought she was like some cute perky you know person she's exactly my age she's got like her little fashion line and you know she talks about jesus like a lot and i don't at all Unless I'm trying to, you know, look up like Gnostic texts. But I was like, oh, she's perky. And, you know, maybe like this Christianity thing is what keeps her so like lively and perky and this and that. But I'm not going to read the statement here. It's really long. And it's just so self-serving. And I really, I don't like to say things about people that could be negative if I can help it. But it's, again, using religion against people. And that's where everyone gets put off. Everyone is entitled to their beliefs, but the United States is not a Christian nation. It was based on religious freedom. Religious freedom does not mean that my religion can tell you and your religion what to do. It means you can practice your religion without prejudice. But when you start putting it out there on everyone that you believe that the core is the nuclear family, well, you know, not everybody has that. And not everybody wants that. And doesn't a nuclear family technically mean two loving parents? They didn't say man and woman. I don't think. And then children that are happy. And 
What about if one parent is missing or there's two separate households with parents or someone is just a full on single parent? Does that make an unhappy household? No. See, kids only react to what they know and they normalize it. I said, I thought everyone was Italian when I was a kid because I just normalized, you know, our friends and our family. Everything revolved around like Sunday dinner. I thought everyone was like that. Shocked to me to learn. But how would I know as a child that there was a different world out there? And, you know, you're you're kept in your world until you start to meet new people and experience new things. But as you're growing up, those things in your home are what make you feel safe and secure. Maybe not everything does all the time, but a lot of us are lucky enough to have like several things in our lives <clears throat> that are traditional that make us feel safe and secure. So if you're growing up in a home that only has one parent, but you feel safe and secure, that's your normal and there's nothing wrong with that. If you grow up with two dads, two moms, you know, what's the difference as long as the household is happy? That's how I feel about it. So in part of the letter, though, she did go on to say something about, you know, Full House and it being, you know, three men. But the thing was, it was clearly three straight men. Clearly. Like, there was no connotations of any kind of, like, homosexuality between Danny Tanner, Uncle Jesse, or Joey. They clearly were all either alone or dating women or looking for women. And even in the reboot, it was all about like the heterosexual couples, they were all still there. So, you know, that's that's fine. That makes, like, it, it's, it's whatever it is. And I enjoyed both of those shows growing up. I was just really, I guess, surprised at, I, I want to say, like, the elitism of it, like the, the privilege of saying things like that. Um, I was just really surprised. And, you know, no hate. It's just I'm disappointed because on our own spiritual journey, I would hope that other people's feelings do come into it sometimes when when you're making big, broad statements, when you've got a huge audience and you have influence. So, you know, I don't I don't agree with her statements. Um. I do take everything with a grain of salt. I do think that, you know, hopefully she'll like learn from saying things like that. And, you know, if your beliefs are the way your family is, is the right way. Um, okay. But other people are happy other ways. Like me, I don't have any kids. I'm happy. Is that wrong? Is that weird? Am I a freak? I don't know. So that's how I feel about the Ticketmaster controversy. That's how I feel about the Candace Cameron controversy. And I want to get to Dave Chappelle and I want to get to Brendan Fraser and give them a little more time. So tune back in tomorrow for another episode of Messy Closet. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and 